0: Yeah, it'll be about a cannibalistic nun who's in a cult, um, who also lives in a senior retirement facility, and it'll just combine all of our interests.
1: In graphic novel form, (laughs) obviously.
0: Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corrine from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an
1: increase in your library holds list. Hello, welcome again to another episode of Keep It Fictional with the Port Moody Public Library. So this is part two of our top 2021 picks. So last week we talked about our top, oh no, bottom three, I can't can get this right. Bottom three picks, number three to number five. And today we're going to let you know about our top two picks. But first, let's talk a little bit about our reading year in 2021. I know we all have a very different reading year. And I mean, it is not unusual if your reading year is not a reading year at all this year because this year is weird. Um, So I have asked all my friends to pick one word to describe their reading year and let us know why you picked that one word. So, Liz, what is your word to describe your reading year?
2: Um, I'm going to say my reading word for 2021 was variable. 2020 reading was like that life raft for me and I clung to it desperately. This year, yeah, kind of tapered off with some of the reading at times, been reading a lot more happier books, uh, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, that's not usually my MO Um, and also reading a lot more picture books. So I guess, which would fall in the happier category. So it's like, I finished a book check and it made me feel good check. And there are lots of nice pictures check, but Hey, I think that's a great thing. There's lots of great picture books out there. So don't knock them. Yeah. They're able, not negative, not super positive. It's okay. How about you Fiona?
3: Scattered, like not necessarily unproductive or like unenjoyable. Definitely it was like, it was a good reading year but it was just kind of like all over the place. I dabbled a lot, but I don't know. It's just like when I look, like when I was trying to pick my 2021 picks like there just wasn't a whole lot on there yet I had read, read a fair amount this year. But actually, it seemed like a lot of them were from 2020. So I think that's just just poor planning.
1: How about you,
0: Miss Corrine? Ooh, my word is distracting. I honestly had the worst reading year that I've ever had. I just couldn't focus on anything. I couldn't sit down for anything. I just was too filled with anxiety to, to do that. And usually books are like my go-to when. I'm feeling a lot of those emotions, but I just couldn't, couldn't get myself to kind of sit down and and read a book. So it's, it's been a really disappointing reading year, which, which is too bad,
1: but I'm, I'm hoping that 2022 will be a little bit better. For me, I would say the word is demanding because I actually find that I, I was asking more for my books, you know, like, because I feel like same thing, I needed my books to help me focus. So I wanted more from my books. Um, it had to be like really great writing, great stories to pull me in but I was also looking for books that demand more from me also books that are like challenging me books that like makes me focus books that are so strange that I'd have to like you know pay attention to it and um books that really make me change the way I'm thinking like and I was really gravitating towards those um so it was that that's kind of my year um and uh yeah so and it's okay you know if like you have a different kind of reading year because here it is it is all good. But, you know, we have some great picks that we shared last week and some great picks we're going to share today. So whatever year you're having, whether you are going to finish the year with some of our suggestions, maybe, or start the new year with some of our picks, um, we hope that you will find something that is interesting to you. So I cannot wait to find out what folks are on people's top two lists. So let's start with Corrine.
0: Okay, so my question for my book is what do mid-level marketing schemes, Jonestown, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Timeshares, and CrossFit all have in common? Well, according to the author Amanda Montel, we would describe them as cultish. Now, what exactly do we mean by a cult. I know that I often say, I love a cult. I love a cult story. But what do we actually mean when we get down to it as to what defines a cult? And it turns out that there is actually no academic understanding of what a cult is. When I say Jonestown or Heaven's Gate, we understand what that is without necessarily being able to articulate it. But if I say that Peloton is a cult, Do we understand the word the same way, even though it feels a little bit similar? And how do we distinguish between what could be a benign cult, like being a Swifty or army, and an evil cult, like Nexium and Keith Raniere? And at the heart of it, how and why do people want to join a cult? In the amazing book, Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism by Amanda Montell, she seeks to answer all of these questions. And she says that cultishness or joining a cult is a very human thing. That not only are we facing a real epidemic, but there is the other underlying epidemic of loneliness. The human connection is something that we all crave. Uh, Meaning to life is something that we all crave. And so sometimes cults fill that gap for people. I think that Amanda Montel writes about this really sympathetically because her own father is a survivor of the Sinanon cult. He escaped when he was a teenager and she spent her entire life fascinated by this family history of how his parents joined, and more importantly, how did he get out? And through her research and scholarship and talking to various experts, Amanda Montel breaks down that really what brings people into a cult is language. It is language and the way that we use it and abuse it. This is a fascinating intersection between psychology and linguistics, and she breaks down how using things like us versus them language, uh, loaded vocabulary or loaded language, thought terminating cliches, and building your own special vocabulary can isolate you from larger society and make you feel a part of a small, closed group. She goes through some of the most famous cults: Jonestown, Heaven's Gate, uh, Nexium, and examines exactly how these leaders brought people in and brought them into that mind space. But she also looks at greater pulp culture things like Soul Cycle or mid-level marketing schemes, and rather pointedly, Trump and how they use oratory and language to build followers and to build groups, and how to make them do things that they might not have done. She talks about how businesses and leaders use language to convince, coerce, and condition their followers. She says it's not brainwashing. Brainwashing isn't a thing. What they're doing is they are using their language like a weapon. And with wit and empathy and snark and a lot of really good expert information, In this book, she teaches you how to recognize that in your own life, how to listen to that little voice inside of you and says, I think I'm being manipulated, but I don't know how. It is a absolutely fantastic, groundbreaking look at how linguistics control how we think and how people who are aware of that can use that against us, whether it is a cult level or just a marketing or business trying to get us to very much buy a stationary bike it is a fun fast and informative read and I cannot recommend
1: highly enough
0: cultish by Amanda Montel
1: thank you Corinne we love a good cult here I'm pretty sure we love a good cult here (laughs) this is like what do you speak for yourself what do you mean we you maybe (laughs) Oh, all right, Fiona, what have you got for your number two pick?
3: So I've got another graphic novel. This is my third graphic novel out out of my top five, which is interesting because I think I've actually read more novels this year than like maybe any other year in my life. So I don't know, I guess I still, you like what you like. And I really want to draw attention to it because I think it may get missed because it is in the kids section and it's in the nonfiction section with art books because it is about artists. It is my very favorite, most favorite kind of graphic novel. It is an anthology biographies. I love to learn about real people with pictures, which is why I always find my biographies in the kids section. It is Before They Were Artists, Famous Illustrators as Kids by Elizabeth Hadel. So, this is a lovely uh, anthology of biographies about Hayao, uh, Miyazaki, Tove Johnson, uh, Maurice Sendak, Yu Yu Morales, Jerry Pinky, and Wanda Gag. So as a children's librarian, this was a pretty exciting book to find and read uh, because, and because I do tend to be more illustrator focused, it looked at at artists from many different time periods and what they were like in their childhood. So a lot of them are, I don't, I, they were real trailblazers for children's illustration. Wanda Gag is the illustrator for Millions of Cats, which is a classic uh, kids books and then a kids book. And then, of course, there's Maurice Sendak and then Tove Johnson, who uh, is the, the creator of Moomins, uh, uh Jerry Pinky, who does The Lion and the Mouse. Yu Yu Morales is a contemporary illustrator and she did dreamers uh which is a book that makes me cry um and i absolutely love and then i hadn't even like read it on the cover uh i got to the last one it's like oh like god just you know i gotta finish this i gotta take it back and then it was about Hey yao miyazaki oh, i have a portrait of him hanging in my living room when it takes up like a whole wall um like so he's kind of like I don't want to be blasphemous but I'm gonna be blasphemous like he kind of has God's status in my life um so and I've actually like read a lot of um a biography about him and he also like a lot of it um is woven into his his movies but this uh, sh- I'm getting so excited I'm like can't talk um is about his childhood, which was really interesting because I didn't know a lot about his childhood. Uh, and it talks about um his dad who designed aircrafts for World War II. Yes, that, that makes sense. Um, and so that was really, really interesting. And then, like, even you know, reading about Tove Johnson, who I'm I never really got into movements, but she is a queer illustrator, so she's always kind of been on my radar. Uh and <sighs> Reading about these people who were when they were kids were those kids who, you know, maybe maybe didn't connect with other kids as much because they either had really eccentric parents or they were sitting in the corner just drawing and drawing and drawing and never stopping. And I don't know, I, I feel for people like that, I guess I, I feel connected to them or um, really Love the idea of people who who want to create and who see that as their life's purpose. And and that's certainly certainly the way that the writer uh talked about uh, a lot of these uh creators. Also, I think that she did a great job of um pulling people from different times and different backgrounds, you know, names that we know, but then like seeing Yui Morales highlighted uh was sort of like, oh, I didn't. I didn't expect her to be in there. That was pretty exciting. So again, like it does focus on childhood, but and it is in the kids section, but definitely, definitely has a wider appeal than that. And even if you just think, oh, I love A.O. Miyazaki, pick it up for him and read all the rest.
1: Thank you, Funa. Love the variety in that collection. Like, it's nice to see. Um, So thank you for that. All right. Um. So I guess I will talk about again switching gears a little bit. Um. My book. I feel like it's like indicative of the year that there's like a lot of horror books on my list this year because twenty twenty one. Um. So this book that definitely broke me. It's one that I talked about already on my most anticipated episode. But it broke me every time I think about this book. I just could feel my heart just clenching, because it's it's a hard book to read. This is this thing between us by. Moreno. Yeah, so I talked about this book before, a story of Tiago who have lost his wife and is dealing with life after. And grief is a very personal thing. He feels very much that it belongs to him, that nobody understands it. But yet everybody is trying to tell him how he should grieve. It is also about a story uh, dealing with life as a Mexican-American um, and dealing with like immigrant lives. And of course, the haunted smart speaker. <laughs> Itza, who um, you know does weird, random deliveries to his house um, that play music at night suddenly, and that have conversations with who knows what or whom that they are talking to. I think this book, just like Light from Uncommon Stars, it it shows what great horror is capable of. It doesn't just scares you; it reaches deep inside your psyche and just drag out things that you don't even know is there. And I just feel like, I, I love this book so much. I think I've never encountered a book where I feel like it described grief, the way that feels so authentic to me. And it's just, and and the second half of the book is a total fever dream, which of course I love. Hands down the best horror novel that I have read this year. Oh, in ages, actually, not just this year. Um, So give horror is your thing. Because I know it's not everybody's thing But if horror is your thing And you wanted to see some new horror You are maybe like, you know, you're Red Or you're Stephen King You need something different Because a lot of horror that are out there Like that is very different um, Please do check out This Thing Between Us By Gus Moreno Okay, Liz,
2: Liz Your number two pick, please Okay Another book that I think hasn't gotten as much recognition as it should have this year. Yes, trying to find those diamonds in the rough. This one, the New York Public Library did put it on their best of 2021 list. Thank you. Uh, And they have said that this is a highly stylized assassin narrative. Think murder on the Orient Express. Yes, Corrine. But written by Quentin Tarantino. Yes, Virginia. Okay, so this one is called Bullet Train. It's by Kotaro Isaka, and it's been translated into English by Assam Melissa. Now, don't let the fact that they have produced a feature film for this coming out in 2020 to deter you from reading this book. Please don't screw it up for me. This is one of those books where like, normally I'm receptive to seeing how it translates to film. This is one of those books where I kind of don't want to watch the film because the book was so good so fast-paced, just like the bullet train or Shinkansen that it takes place on. So this train is leaving Tokyo for a northern city named Morioka. Uh, However, not everybody on this train is who they may seem to be. We have a diverse cast of characters, everyone from Lemon and Tangerine, these are like their assassin names because, yes, they are assassins. They are on the train. They're on a mission, actually delivering some precious cargo to a very wealthy man that they have been contracted by. There's also Naneo, who is nicknamed the Ladybird, and he has got to be the unluckiest guy ever. Every single job that he completes, if he happens to come out unscathed, uh, he just always does something go wrong, and he almost always expects the other shoe to drop, and yet he keeps on being an assassin. So he is on a mission of his own on this very same train. We also have the prince, who is an innocent-looking schoolboy in his blazer and uniform on this train during school hours. However, don't be fooled, because he is anything but innocent. These are just a handful of characters who are on this train, all for supposedly different reasons, different purposes, different missions, uh, different contracted activities. However, I just I just love how the action is nonstop and somehow along the way, Isaka manages to give you a bit of backstory behind these different characters, why they do what they do why they are the way they are, who exactly they are, and eventually intertwines all of these storylines into one fantastic climax as the train approaches its final destination. So if you are looking for something that is fast-paced, if you are looking for a bit of a mystery, if you are looking for murder, then this book will probably be up your alley. It's bullet train by kotaro isaka i actually
0: am reading that one right now liz so great it is great pick uh i think my favorite thing is that i can't remember if it's lemon or tangerine is obsessed with thomas the tank engine uh
2: which is just a delight, <laughs> just a delight. apparently that's very big in japan uh thomas thomas and friends so um yeah i, I think i would have gotten even more of it if i had Already been well versed in Thomas and Friends. It's not a prerequisite, though. So don't let that deter you.
3: I'm glad you picked this because I'm not sure that murder has been said yet in this. Oh, yes. Like, usually it's just like the second word, every second word. And I think that's the first time we've had murder. Usually every second word out of my mouth.
0: I was trying to dance around it in cultish. I was trying to be like, don't worry if you're not into it. It's fine.
1: It's actually about linguistics. All right. Well, thank you. Those are our number two picks. So, okay, everybody warm up because we are going to do our honorable mentions now. And so everybody get about a minute or so to name as many books as you can that you want to give a shout out to. The books that didn't quite make it, but still are great that we just want to and I feel like sometimes the book didn't make it not because they're not good enough it's just more like you know you pick five that you want to highlight and there are many different reasons for us highlighting those but these are great books so more titles for you for your reading list so Corrine let's start with you
0: Okay, I'm going to go with my alternate number three pick, which was the Anthropocene Reviewed uh, by John Green, which is just like a beautiful humanist review of different things in the world, like sycamore trees, piggly wigglies, Lascaux cave paintings, um, and the movie Penguins of Madagascar. It is just a beautiful set of short essays, which essentially like grades things in the world um, out of five stars. Um, It is, I love John Green. It is just like a beautiful thing to read during the pandemic, and I loved it so much. Back on my train again. Don't call it a cult. (laughs) <laughs> by Sarah Berman is a uh, wonderful uh, investigative journalism view at the Nexium and Keith Raniere. Um, very well written, uh, was one of the first journalists to really break the case and puts it out in a very systematic, understandable view, but you will end up screaming. Um, and then uh, some other honorable mention, Harlem Shuffle, at least the first two thirds of Harlem Shuffle, the last third didn't care for it uh, by Colson Whitehead and Hannah Kahn carries on, uh, which was a fantastic, one of the best romances of the year that I read. who
1: done. Nicely done. Nicely done.
3: All right, Fiona, are you ready for your shout out? Yes, but mine are not from 2021 because I didn't read many. So they are 2020 and earlier because that's how time works. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tied for first favorite book of the year, which was the first one I read this year and I loved it on uh, audiobook, Seriously, by Madeline Miller. Also, shout out to a tale for the time being which featured my favorite nun yet by Ruth Ozeki. Um I finally got on the train and read The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin this year. Uh the Subtweet by Vivek Shreya is an excellent book about queer people but does not focus on romance. <sighs> Interior Chinatown of course can't shout it out enough by Charles Yu and my time for first favorite book of the year. Thank you, Virginia. Everything Sad is Untrue by Daniel Nayeri. Uh, Everyone should read that book. I feel like I lost a friend when I finished that book, <laughs> still kind of reeling from it and, um, and yeah, trying to adjust to not having it in my life. <laughs> Thank you, Fiona. All right, Liz, are
2: you ready to go? Okay, I think so. Bear with me here. Okay, first up, we have Just Miss the Cat Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Yamide. Um, Build as Gossip Girl meets Get Out in this YA contemporary dark academia thriller. Absolutely loved it. Listen to the audiobook if you can. They've got voice actors for both Chiamaka and Devon. Uh, Cyclopedia Exotica by Aminder Dhaliwal. Fantastic portrayal of um, the fictional Cyclops race as an allegory for racism and discrimination. Faced by other cultures. We also have Yearbook by Seth Rogen. I totally am not into cannabis culture and yet you don't have to be to enjoy this book. He's entertaining without being snarky and he drops names and stories without being mean, which is pretty cool in my book. My Brilliant Life by Aaron Kim. It was on my most anticipated reads of uh, winter 2021 list. Actually really loved it. Heartbreaking, a typical Liz book. Well, Liz of 2020 maybe. Um, heartbreaking, yet uplifting got a shout out also i uh, concur with virginia light from uncommon stars rika aoki uh, a recent read of mine and i just absolutely loved it took me back to my days of playing violin although not nearly at the level of the hell queen and also where is it the waiting kim Sok gendry kim um about the separation of um North and South Korea, and the families that were um, displaced by that. Also non-2021 picks that I read in 2021. I want to give a shout out to Missing from the Village by Justin Ling. It is the story of a serial killer, Bruce McArthur, the search for justice and the system that failed Toronto's queer community. And also Horseplay, My Time Undercover on the Granville Strip by Norm Boucher. Two fantastic um, true crime picks that were published at the end of 2020. Finally read them in 2021. And uh, I highly recommend them both. Do not miss out on those.
1: We can talk really
2: fast <laughs> uh,
1: All right Um. So for mine um, First one Dangers of Smoking in Bed By Mariana Enrique uh, Translated by Megan Badao. That is the first Short story collection that, dis- that made me decide Hey Short stories are awesome The first story About that ghost baby Following the main character around Was what did it for me It was amazing Shockingly grotesque Really funny But also amazing Totally converted me Baldy Scout by Lincoln Michelle. How dare you, Lincoln Michelle, make me read a book about baseball? Like what is going on? And Cyberpunk, which I also don't like, but I read it. I love it. It was like one of those books that I finished. I'm like, wow, this is satisfying. The ending makes so much sense. It was just everything just fits. So great uh, baseball book. And then, of course, two books I need to mention in the same time, Iron Widow by Siren J. Chow, local author, and She Who Became the Son by Shelley Parker Chan. Both great books. If you are done with the patriarchy, if you're talking about characters who just, you feel like they could take on the world, but at the same time, they're also making really, really tough decisions about life because life sucks. And, um, you know, just that transformation of the characters. Amazing. And then anybody who had to do a lot of computer work this year because, and working from home, uh, several people are typing by Kelvin Kazuke. Just everybody has to read it. A book where uh, the, the person, the body just went into the Slack channel. And um, there is yeah, a great working from home office book. And two novella that I have to shout out to uh, Defect by Nino Cipri The second book in the Verse series The Haunted Akia Wormhole book And also album of Dr. Monroe By Daryl Gregory Boy Band Lock Room Mystery Science Experiments I mean, what more do I want? Try like Song um, This, you know, I talk about The Dictatorship book um, By Noda Fernandez Translated by Nash, uh, Natasha Wimmer It's just that whole weird Disappearing people It helps me kind of understand the world that is happening right now, especially in Hong Kong, where I grew up. I don't understand what's going on there, but it's scary. And that book kind of helped me get through it. And um, the last book, I cannot say the name, I don't think, but I'm just going to show you. (laughs) Got the best cover ever, I feel like. Um, A mother, a woman who one day woke up and felt that there was a little bit of hair growing out from the back of her neck and suspect she might be turning into a dog. That's book. Cover, at least. Um, So yeah, so those are my honorable mentions. You look look suspicious, Corinne. It's
0: just like if hair's growing at the back of your neck, my first thought isn't, well, I must be
3: turning into
1: a dog. And she is, maybe.
3: So I expected murder to be said a lot because that was 2020's theme. And for Virginia, it was uh, cannibalism for 2020. But I forgot this is a whole new year. And this year, Virginia's is hair. Um, And probably instead of murder for Kareem, it's cults. That is for sure my theme of the year.
1: And I was expecting more nuns, Fiona. (laughs) What's going
0: on? Liz, what would you say your
1: theme is, though? What's what's the Liz theme? Variable. She told us already. So that's why there's no one word because it's variable. Well, so far, there's no overlap titles. So I don't know what's going on. Virginia,
0: you and I both know what's about to happen.
2: We still have a book to go, though. So, you know, don't want to spoil the surprise.
1: Oh, all right. OK, well, uh, for our final, final pick, this is the top book of our year, the best of the best, the one that made the most difference in our life, the ones that we love the most. What book is it, Fiona?
3: All right. So uh, in true Fiona fashion, I have chosen an understated book. I've described it before, but because I don't often choose plot-driven novels, sometimes I realize that I jump all over the place when I describe them. So I'm going to try to speak slowly, slowly, and do a better job this time. My number one pick is Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. This book is a historical fiction, and it is YA. It's set in 1954 and follows Lily Hu, who lives in Chinatown. She is a high school student who kind of flies under the radar. Um, She's well-behaved. She has a best friend, Shirley, who has a little more pizzazz than she has. Shirley decided to enter the pageant um, for the young women in Chinatown and asks for Lily's help. However, Lily and Shirley have slowly been growing apart. And... It's no secret to Shirley that that has to do with another girl, Kath, who Lily has met. Kath is a white girl who takes Lily to the Telegraph Club, where there are male impersonators. They go out secretly at night. Uh, This is the most disobedient thing that Lily has ever done and yet she feels like herself, she feels alive. She can't deny that. Not only is she extremely excited about the male impersonator, she's excited about this burgeoning relationship with Kath and is realizing that she is actually a lesbian. This is of course complicated for her because she realizes that Or she suddenly feels like she is herself finally, but she also realizes that telling her parents is going to be incredibly hard and may mean that she is not able, not able to stay with them. It's a wonderful book, a really, really great representation, LGBT book and historical fiction. Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. All right, Liz, are you ready to tell us about your number one? 2021 reading pick.
2: Okay, here's the big reveal. So for my number one pick for the year 2021, I am picking a familiar author if you are familiar with our Best of 2020 episode. Um, So this author's first book, the previous book in this series... Shocking, yes, I am reading a series, Um, was my number two pick of the previous year. So last year, uh, I chose The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman as a number two pick. But this year, maybe even more shocking than me reading a series is me picking a sequel to surpass that first book and be my number one choice. And that is Richard Osman's The Man Who Died twice. Shocking on many levels, series, sequel, feel good. What is happening here? What has happened to my brain during this pandemic? Well, I got to say, Osmond beautifully balances the characters we have known to come, uh, come to know and love uh, from the first book, The Thursday Murder Club, um, with more murder but also some feel-good relationships and backstories. So in this book, we rejoin Elizabeth, Joyce, Ron, and Ibrahim, our favorite septuagenarians. And at the very start of the book, a man from Elizabeth's past shows up. Not only that, there are stolen diamonds involved, underworld crime figures, and yes, that thing called murder. So I wouldn't call this a cozy mystery, but a feel-good murder, if there is what? such a thing. I don't know. Corrine seems to get it. You'll get it in a minute, Fiona. <laughs> if there was such a thing as a feel-good murder, this would be it. Um, I loved learning more about our band of uh, Thursday Murder Clubbers. Um Just showing that, you know, that life is not over when you hit those senior years. And Osman just has this way of surprising you at different twists and turns when you don't expect it. Like, I think it was maybe the end of chapter two or three. They're all pretty short chapters, which is a plus in my book. And on occasion, he will just leave you with a comment or a thing that happens where you go, huh, I didn't see that coming but I liked it. So um, if you are looking for something murdery, and yet on the lighter side, on the heartfelt side, um, makes you feel some feelings. And if you're insanely curious about who is this man who died, not only once, but twice, then I definitely recommend my number one pick for 2021, The Man Who Died Twice by Richard
3: Osmond. Thanks, Liz. The first one has been on my list for a long time since you book-talked that one. This is such a shocking turn of events. Shocking turn of events.
2: I don't know what has happened. It's just that kind of year.
0: Strange year
1: indeed. A strange year indeed. I think there's just one pick left. There's one book left for you and me, Corinne, and there's a reason why we sort of left it to the two of us. Because because why, Corinne?
0: What's happening? Improbably, we have our unicorn book of the year, uh, where the Venn diagram of Virginia and I eclipses into a single title and inexplicably although you know what this also happened last year if i had remembered that interior chinatown was written last year and i think it also would have been uh that kind of like eclipse unicorn read but improbably impossibly um magically and probably a testament to how book how good this book really is is that both virginia and i actually have the same book as our number one pick of
1: 2021 i can't (laughs) Don't understand, but see, like you said, it's, it, that shows how good the book is, right? It's That it will satisfy everybody, even people who are on the complete opposite of the world. So, what is it, Corinne? I know you brought it with you.
0: I did bring it with uh, me because, actually, upon your recommendation, I purchased this book before reading it, which is kind of like my modus operandi. That's fine, and I'm actually really, really glad that I have it because I think. For both of
1: us, this is a book that we're going to be going back to. Yeah. And I purchased it after I read it because I knew for the first time in... Well, that's not true because Interior Chinatown did that too. But for like the second time in my life, I know it is a book that I'm going to reread, which also doesn't happen very frequently. So, yeah.
0: No, it is the the genre-defying possibly best written book that I've read in a long, long time. It is, oh gosh, how to describe it, Virginia. It is a a horror, a literary fiction, a fantasy, a murder mystery, a exploration of folklore, an exploration of colonialism. It is it's everything in a tightly wrought package. So our joint. Oh, it's, oh the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> 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 Our joint number one pick of 2021 is uh Violet Cooper Smith's Build Your House Around My Body. Mm-hmm.
1: And we've talked about this book multiple times, and I feel like we'll find an excuse to bring it up again, maybe when Fiona reads it next year, or maybe when Liz reads it next year. I hope that they will do. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Like it's just I don't understand how a book like can have all the things in there that every single element has a point. Like there is no, nothing that is just there for, for this heck of it. It is every single thing means something. And I think the joy of, Discovering like the first you know time you realize wait a second that thing is that thing and then like when you start making the connection it is so much fun and I think that's what this book can you can be you can reread it like multiple times and I'm sure like you would discover new things in it because there's just so intricately plotted and it's just it's it's so exciting and it is what um you know you're like it fits all the genres if it it's like so many so you can't really sort of like classify it in that way but there's just so much in it and the writing is so good you know like and again um you know this is like she has a collection of short stories which of course i can't can't wait to get into that but like there's a short story and this is her first novel like how 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 are you like how did you come up with this the first time you know um it's amazing mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's it's a it's puzzles within puzzles it's a revenge story it's a ghost story um it's about possessed bodies and possessed lands and about the generations bound together by the ghosts of the past but yeah like it oh it's it's so smart. It's like the smartest book that I could, that I, I have really encountered in such a long time. And it doesn't spell things out for you. It really just kind of takes you on this journey. And then the more you sit with it and the more you think, the more impressed you are about like the level of thought that went, that went into this. And yeah, it, it continually, and I continually find myself thinking about it, which, you know, is the mark of a really, really good book is that sometimes you'll just sit there and like, Oh, wait, that was also connected to that. Oh, and that meant that. Yeah. I, I, I really hope that people aren't maybe dis that aren't dissuaded or scared of the fact that it's kind of marketed as like a horror story or a scary story that, that has got those fantastical elements because it it is about so much more than, than that. Um, it is, it is so layered and so leveled that that i really hope people take a take a chance on this even though it might be out of when they read the description it might be a little bit out of their comfort zone
1: yeah and it, and it looks like a a big book like it you know it looks kind of chunky but like it's just this so it, it like i said nothing is wasted it's not a book just having words there for the sake of having those words like every single, like all the pages every single page is necessary for the story um and it is yeah so good it's so good you you can't escape your past you cannot
0: escape your past because it's coming around to get you <laughs> to get you yeah um i think well deserved i hope it gets all the praise i hope it wins all the awards um i
1: it hasn't i'm so mad like i keep every single time i look at am like why why aren't people more people talking about i know and (sighs) i think
0: it was on npr's best of 2021 list which again but that was
1: out of like a hundred of them right so
0: but yeah. yeah i hope that that you listening, pick it up and give it a chance and then pass it into other hands. I think a spectacular book like this deserves to have a light shone on it and, and brightly to support such a unique and amazing talent. So
3: if one liked audiobooks, how do you think it would translate to an audiobook? I think it'd be fine. Oh, of course, speaking as someone who doesn't listen to audiobooks, <laughs> I can't really say as to one, I'm sure it's fine, I'm sure it's good. Well, you know I will read it soon and then we can talk about it again. All right, and of course, we can't end the year without getting in another one of our existential questions, which is... What have you got lined up for the rest of the year? We are recording now at the beginning of December, so we still have a couple more weeks to squeeze those reads in. And you look ahead and you're like, oh, that's a couple of weeks. I can read all of these. Um, feeling very ambitious. Uh, how about the rest of you? Liz, what do you got on your plate? So many books, so little time. Uh, this is a little
2: stress-inducing because... Yeah, I want to keep up with what's in 2021. Otherwise, I'm going to run into the same problem next year. Um, In 2022, trying to catch up while also reading the new books. But I am hoping to pick up a couple of really well-regarded books before the end of the year. Um, This one I already had come in on hold, so I'm going to make some time to read this. And this one is The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Yeah, they're in a lab. They... I don't know, there's this spark between them, maybe. I don't know, on the cover, the guy seems kind of not really into it at first. But I think we all kind of know where this is going to go. So another, hopefully, feel-good book to end the year off with. Um, and then to balance that out, The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. So a horror book Stephen King has said, quote, I've read it and was blown away. Now, I'm not a Stephen King fan, but he sold a few books. So, you know, if anybody knows something about uh, writing horror and suspense, it would be Mr. King. So, uh, and there's a cat on the cover. It looks spooky. And again, another really well-regarded book. That's um, This one is maybe flown a little bit under the radar. Uh, So hoping it is a good one. Uh,
0: Maggie Steve Otter also uh, promoted that one over Twitter. I will say, if you have anything against violence to animals, that is not the book for you. Um, I had to tap out a little early.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm reconsidering this now. Stay tuned. How about how about you, Corinne? Uh, what's what's on your end of 2021 radar?
0: Yeah. The holidays for me are a very, very chill time. I just sit in my house with my box of Poirot chocolates and like some candles out and watch all the holiday specials and read all the books. So this is actually a time where I get a ton of reading done as opposed to some people who might have very busy holiday seasons, I have a very, very chill holiday season. So I have like a stack of books at home. Obviously, I've got The Man Who Died Twice by Richard Osmond, because I also thought the first one was absolutely stellar. I also have a book by a local author, Colleen Van Niekirk, who wrote The Conspiracy of Mothers, which is getting some great reviews. And the author is a total delight and was on the Writers in Our Midst series. And I heard a little bit of the story and I cannot wait to start it. There is also the last book in the Good Girl's Guide to Murder, uh, which is As Good as Dead by Holly Jackson, which is a great YA series if you are into the intersection of podcasting and murder which I am. And just to make things kind of on the sadder side, I have Human Acts by Han Kung, which I'm sure is going to be extremely depressing for the holidays, which is what I want, and Crying in H Mart, which I have heard amazing reviews about. And in the holidays, I just want to cry. So so that's what I'm going to go
3: for. What about you, Fiona? Uh, All right. Yeah, I've got a a big list and a big stack that has already been taken out. I've got "She Drives Me Crazy" on audiobook, "Waiting for Me" by Kelly Quindlin. It is a female love story YA, and it's about basketball. So that sounds pretty much up my like when I'm just looking for something chill and fun. Uh, very excited about that, uh, and that was a that's a 2021. My book club is reading Z or Zed, pardon me, a novel of Zelda Fitzgerald by Therese Fowler. Yeah, I don't have a lot of uh of choice there. Um, but I do I do really love reading about the Fitzgeralds, like just so you can be like, wow, wow. I'm glad I'm not like that. Okay. So much um, alcohol though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I am reading one I'm hoping to talk about next week, The Second Bell by Gabriella Houston, which is a fun fantasy sci-fi kind of wildernessy that I'm enjoying quite a lot. Uh, Alone in Space, a collection by Tilly Walden. Even if the story's not great, the art will be beautiful. Aristotle and Dante Dive into the Waters of the World by Benjamin Sands. Um, Oh, I can't wait. I can't believe I didn't read it this year. I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't get it done before the 2021 picks uh, because it's supposed to be superb. And finally, Finding the Mother Tree, Discovering the Wisdom of the Forest by uh, S. Simard. I believe they are a uh, UBC... Uh, researcher and it's been getting a lot of buzz it's a nonfiction about about trees so I feel like that'll kind of like cover my basis I really hope I finish some of them all right Virginia what have you got planned for the rest of the year
1: um I have oh I have so many, I have so many. Like, you know, I was trying to like read as much 2021 as I can so that I can pick my top five, top five, the right top five. But um, so I there's so many books I haven't got to yet, but I think the one I'm most excited to get to is J Legacy by Fonda Lee. It's the final book in the trilogy, and I cannot wait to find out what happened. There's been like really, really good reviews about it, so I think it's going to be a satisfying ending, and I believe in Fonda Lee, so it's good. To be good, so it's the Greenbone saga that I think we talk about on this show at some point. Um, so that is probably what I'm finishing the year off, and uh, I'm also have some 2022 stuff lined up, so I'm pretty excited about those too. Um, so yeah. J Legacy is fairly long, so I'm going to get into that first. And I'm going to have to recover from that because every time you finish a series, you just feel like, oh, now what? You know, so after that, I'll figure out what to do. But very excited about that book. Yeah, so I guess those are our top picks, top five picks for the year. And I, I know we all have like other, like many other books that we wanted to talk about that we couldn't. Thank you to all the amazing books out there that really save our year, make the year just a little bit better um, by having like such great stories that we can dive into. So thank you to all the authors out there. Thank you to all the publishers out there. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and and thank all of our listeners for coming with us on this this very for us arduous and difficult journey to choose our top five. Um and we're interested, let us know what were your top five of the year. What are the books that kind of that we missed that we that we should have picked up and, and can maybe champion into the new year? And
1: I guess we'll see what happens in 2022. And I've said to Corinne already, when you find a book that you absolutely love. You have to tell me.
0: It happens, but once a year. And it, it it you know then that it's a really, really special book. So there will be one in 2022, right? there got to be. Yeah, it'll be about a cannibalistic nun who's in a cult, um, who also lives in a senior retirement facility. And it'll just combine all of our interests.
1: In graphic novel form. <laughs> Obviously. Which Fiona will listen on audiobook? I don't know. I'm always baffled by graphic novels in audiobook. I don't understand them.
3: Yeah. If anyone if anyone does, please tell me. I want to know. Why do they exist? Yeah, exactly.
1: When I see them, I'm like, why? Why? You're missing half the story. Like, how? Anyway. All right. So thank you everyone. Uh, You know, have a wonderful holiday. We will see you again in the new year. So we'll take a little bit of a break um, in the next couple of weeks and we'll see you again in January 2022. All right. See ya. Bye. you reading everyone. Happy
0: reading. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please tell a fellow book lover about it. You can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes. Join us next week for another fun book chat. Until then, keep it fictional.